The Hypershell Exoskeleton, the winner of the Japan Literary Prize created by AI, and the first smartphone with AI hype that I actually think is useful. This is AI for Everyone, a weekly roundup of the top stories in AI and tech for non-tech people who want to keep an ear out for the latest developments in the AI universe. I'm Miles Dillon and I've been studying AI since 2014. And this quick podcast keeps you informed and educated about the changes and opportunities coming to our working environment brought about by artificial intelligence. Energy Creation are a company that specialise in the installation of the latest solar panel and battery technology. They can set up systems for your home or your business that can automate your power consumption using smart tariffs. For example, the solar electricity is used straight from the panels all day and any excess is put into a battery that is saved up for the night time for your electricity use when the sun is away. And then when the battery runs out, AI, machine learning, switches over to the cheapest tariff to carry on using electricity from the grid. And as soon as the sun comes up in the morning, it switches back to using the solar. And I am grateful to them for sponsoring today's show. If you would like to get an assessment or a quote for your home, go to energycreation.co.uk. Tell them that Miles sent you and they will hook you up with a listener discount. energycreation.co.uk. Riku Dan is this year's winner of Japan's Akutagawa Book Prize. So sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I've even been on YouTube trying to learn how to pronounce that word, Akutagawa Book Prize. She admitted to using ChatGPT, a generative AI, to write about 5% of her novel, Tokyo to Dojo 2. The novel is kind of a futuristic sci-fi novel. It revolves around a high-rise prison and the architect's aversion to criminals, with AI being this quite recurrent theme in the whole thing. She's quite open and very happy to say that she uses AI and generative AI and those sort of large language models to kind of inspire her. She talks to them, gives her ideas. She says that she quite often would be writing her ideas into ChatGBT and she would use the responses to inspire dialogue in her novel. But the most shocking thing that people are getting really upset about is that she says she lifted approximately 5% of the book verbatim from AI-generated sentences. She's expressed a desire to maintain good relationships with AI. She says it helps develop her creativity. And some people are cool with this. A lot of people are not. You may have heard that um, ChatGPT, OpenAI, the company, is being sued by a number of novelists at the moment. And that's about to start going through the courts in America. These novelists and writers are a group of over a thousand people that have written to those large companies saying to them, do not use our work to train your language models to teach them how to write. There's only one person that I've seen that I've heard of or is very well known, and that's Stephen King. And he, um, I've never read any of his books, but he's widely regarded as the sort of king of um, horror. He doesn't seem that bothered by it. He's sort of saying, you know, it, it's like trying to stop the industrial process by hammering steam loom to pieces. That was something I talked about a while ago, the Luddites. He doesn't seem very worried about it. He says humans are ultimately creative. AI can learn from us and it can be very useful, but it's not going to be able to create ideas from scratch and build these books. And, you know, he obviously writes these masterpieces. But on the whole, people are quite upset by the 5% lift thing that Reed Kudan is very open about and they're saying that someone who's using AI shouldn't be allowed to win the book prize. 
Samsung have unveiled the Galaxy S24 Ultra. It's equipped with several AI features and I'll tell you a little bit about them now. But there have been a bunch of phones that have come out in the last six months that are all saying AI, AI, AI. I don't know if you noticed, but AI is everywhere and it's a buzzword and people just chuck it in on anything, even if nothing is AI. If a computer is doing some processing, they just call it AI. So I've been finding that a bit annoying. Um, I even was on a totally random website, a funding website. You know, it's one of those things that helps link you up with people who would maybe fund your business. And it was like using AI to help link you with funders. And it was like, you're not using AI, you're just using a computer database. But anyway, that's my little beef. AI is all over the place, which is why I've not reported on any phones that have come out in the last couple of months that are saying they've got AI features. But the Samsung phone that's just come out is very cool. It's got a couple of really good features. One of the features I think is really cool is the live translation feature. So you can call up someone in another country, say you're managing a team in China or India or Japan or the Philippines or quite, I think they're supporting 18 languages at the moment. And you can call up and talk to them and it will translate your voice in real time and they will hear it in their language. And when they speak in their language, you will hear it in English. And I think that is pretty rad. Then at the end of the phone call, while you've been talking to someone, when the phone call finishes, you can hit a button and it will summarize that phone call and tell you all the key points. If you want to ask it another question to say, please, can you transcribe the whole call? It will transcribe the whole call for you and send it to your email in a document. That is rad. I love that. The other feature that is still sort of a smartphone feature is to take a picture of something and say, you take a picture of a bedroom. It's got a load of stuff in it. If you circle, for example, the bed, immediately it will search on Google and find you beds that look like that that you might like to buy or you could circle the lamp in that room or you can be out somewhere and you can take a picture of a landmark circle it it will take you straight to wikipedia and tell you all about that landmark that's quite a cool feature this still isn't really for me moving into a area of ai phones it's just a smartphone with a bit of ai in it you know what i'm looking forward to and that's going to be the screenless devices that i think are coming in the next couple of years but this is still pretty good it's up there in terms of screeny phones, it's still a smartphone with AI added into it. But, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to Apple releasing their version of this, you know, the, the new iPhone with AI really integrated into it. Because to be honest, I mean, because I, I had to do a bit of research in this podcast on it, I was going on all these blogs and all these YouTubers where there have got like millions and millions and millions of views of people learning about the Galaxy S24 Ultra. And the reality is, I was looking thinking, wow, are there really that many people that use these Android phones? Because I don't know anyone that uses an Android phone. Hit me up if you're like hating on me, being like, no, Android is the best. But I've been using Apple for a really long time now. I've got stuck in the Apple system and everybody I know uses Apple as well. So I don't know. I just think when Apple come out with their phone, that's going to rock the market if it comes out with these features, plus a load of new, really innovative other features that are implementing AI into the Apple system. That is going to be sick. The Hypershell Exoskeleton is a wearable set of AI-driven Robolegs. They started on Kickstarter a while ago, raised a load of money, and now they've got this unit coming out this year. Its price is $600 for the basic model or $1,200 for the more advanced model. And it's attracted over 2,000 people back in the Kickstarter already. So there's going to be 2,000 units out very soon for the people who early ordered. And the next lot are going to come on in the next couple of months. Now, what is this? It, it's like a belt, um, it's like a bum bag, a two kilogram bum bag that straps around your back on your waist. And from there, it has these legs which go down, attaching to your quads and to your knees. And it, it, it basically makes running easier. 
and it, it does the pushing and the running a little bit for you. It takes some of the impact out of your legs. It's meant to be used for cross-country running, hiking, trekking, trail runners to enjoy faster, smoother runs over rugged terrain. I mean, this is crazy. The, the aim is to give humans the power of a horse in high alpine environments. And when you see some of the videos, there are some people running and, you know, they seem to be sort of pretty good cross-country runners that seem to be sponsored by different outdoor companies. And they're running with this thing around their waist and they're coming back being like, wow, that was incredible. I've never ran so fast. My legs don't feel exhausted. Now, I think if you're training for something, you're trying to be like an elite athlete, I don't think anyone's gonna use this. This is basically for people like me and maybe you. You're not an elite athlete. I don't, I keep fit. I'm quite a fit guy for my age, I guess, but I don't do super long distance runs. But sometimes when I go away from on holiday in a mountainous place or a country place, I like to go for a long run and maybe I was with some friends who do long distance running, I wouldn't be able to keep up with them. I strap this thing onto myself and I can run for a really long time, 35, no, 22 miles and you can run at 12 miles an hour. 12 miles an hour is seriously fast to run for 22 miles, to run at that speed. I think I run at like sort of eight or nine miles an hour on a treadmill. So to run at 12 miles an hour sustainably for 22 miles, that's a serious kick-ass run, especially in a mountainous terrain. It's got an AI-driven engine that allows it to better anticipate and adapt to the individual user's movements. So it can kind of tell when you're taking a step downwards and feels when you're going downhill. So it knows when to brace your legs and lift a bit more when you're going uphill. Um, I think this is really cool. And I also think about people who are older, who used to do a lot of running, but now they're getting older and they're not able to do as much running. This will then allow them to sort of take the impact off their legs. And, you know, they go for a long run and they feel like, oh, I've already done myself in. But this may you know, give them an ability to be able to run further and do more for longer into their life. I think this is very, very cool. It's definitely worth checking out. This is not too far in the future. It's actually happening now. And I know this sounds like it could be an advert. It's not, I just love this product. It is available for pre-order on the Hypershell website now. Hey, if you've been listening to this podcast every week and you like it, please can I ask you just to take a second at the end of this to do a review. If you can't be bothered to write anything, then just hit the five-star button. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye.